Hey, Murph here. I'm a former heroin addict, current alcoholic, and you're tuned into Self-Medicated Weekly Dose, a podcast all about drugs and the people who use them. As always, this program is inspired by the harm reduction movement, informed by my personal experience using all sorts of drugs for damn near 30 years, and enlightened by my special guests. And I will tell you what, I've got a very special guest coming into the studio today, coming into the studio, the virtual studio. You know how it works. It's, a, it's not a physical space. It's more of a, of a, of a spiritual digital space. Uh, but uh, I'm very excited to have her. She's a Brooklyn-based comedian, writer, and poet. Please welcome to the program, Artie Gallipudi. <laughs> yes, yes. The crowd is electric to, to welcome Artie. How you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing good, hanging out, you know, ate some fruits gonna use my grill for lunch it's gonna be a good day oh shit yes it's a summertime fruits and grilling i mean this we're, we're officially arrived in summer i guess we fully are <laughs> hell yeah hell, how's new york doing uh new york you know i was gone for a little bit but i left the day that it was like mad smoky out mm -hmm. but like my whole yes. thing was that i was about to use my grill for dinner that day and i walked outside and i'm like bad at keeping up with like what's going on in the world if i'm not checked in mm -hmm. and i was like is the gas on <laughs> like did i like leave a joint out here like what's happening yeah there's a so, haze there's a haze of there was some a sort. haze and I was like, what is going on? I've like smoked too much weed today. But then, you know, now being back when it's like the air is clear, I'm like, oh, my God, New York, I love you. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think uh, as long as, yeah, the, the air is breathable. That's all you're that's all we're asking for at this point. For Christ That's sake. all I want. I'm so I mean, I'm so low maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, well, I want to thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. We got we got a bunch of stuff to jump into. You mentioned weed. Smoking weed. That's good. You're you're <laughs> from what I discern from your from your, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we've ever gotten high together and smoke weed, but I feel like you might have. So I, I, I chose some uh, some stuff today to talk about. Uh, we're going to get into some, yeah. some of the marijuana policy, the madness, the reefer madness at the at the federal level. Here. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to do that by hopping into a little segment called the substance report. This is the question. Do junkies lives matter? Now, oh my God, Artie, you get it. The, the mainstream media's narrative on substance mm -hmm. use has always been kind of trash. You know what I mean? It continues mm -hmm. to be. And so, what I like to do here is uh, is take some of the top drug related stories in the news and give them proper coverage. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so th this uh, this uh, uh, bit we have today, I grabbed this uh, this headline from Filter. It says, uh, "Feds say they aim to finish cannabis scheduling review uh, quote this year." Uh, and so this is uh, the head of uh, uh, the of HHS uh, is supposed to. So this big thing about the scheduling of marijuana, um, you know, mm -hmm. it's a schedule one drug. Uh, it always has been since the Controlled Substance Act came out uh, back in the in the uh, Nixon administration way back when I was not even alive. Uh, so my whole life, uh, you, I don't mean to date you, but I believe your whole life as well. We've been dealing with yeah. this, uh, this Controlled Substance Act. And, you know, there's it's obviously been said, you know, this is, this is not any sort of revelatory stuff here, but the fact that it's even being brought back to the table is that it's how silly it is. And I hate to compare, you know, drugs where it's like, they should all be legal. We know, we know everyone, mm -hmm. uh, listeners of this program know where I stand on that, but it is still mm -hmm. fun within that to be like, we can also admit that different drugs, 
you know, our, 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 our uh, some are, may have, uh, you know, more baggage than others. Some may be, you know, the use of them may be different for different people. And so uh, the fact that this, uh, the, the Controlled Substance Act was kind of put together with this idea of Schedule 1, uh, for mm-hmm. people who aren't you know, familiar with it, it's uh, drugs that currently have no accepted medical use and have a high potential for abuse is yeah. the idea of the Schedule 1. Uh, so that's why we get into this situation where marijuana is on a Schedule 1 and, you know, we got fentanyl, cocaine and, and some others on Schedule 2, uh, which is just very fun to see that uh, sort of uh, silliness. So th- there was this idea that uh, recently that they were going to do a rescheduling. Uh, Biden at least has paid some lip service at the federal level to this idea <laughs> of like, you know, hey, we're going to we're going to, you know, let some people out of federal prison eventually, uh, you know. Uh, for, that are there for marijuana Eventually. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of those, like, here's a splash in the headlines. Don't follow up on that one. Uh, but it's my obsession, so I do follow up on it, in fact. So we're watching you, Scranton, Joe. We're going to see uh, these people. But there also aren't even a lot of people in federal prison, uh, just specifically for marijuana possession, necessarily. Uh, so mm-hmm. a lot of states uh, have, have that uh, issue still. But, like, mm-hmm. so this is state by state. But at the federal level, it would go a long way uh, to remove marijuana, especially because there's no medical acceptable medical usage is just you know at this point is i think pretty absurd uh to say about marijuana so mm-hmm. uh we're, we're looking at like it's just all the bureaucracy here so all the the the, the three-lettered uh things we got the fda we got uh, hhs health and human services <laughs> food and drug administration but of course at the end of the line here no matter what happens even if those those uh those departments are like all right we're gonna we're gonna deschedule marijuana or reschedule it whatever they're gonna do mm-hmm. the dea still gets the final word which uh, the fact that, you know, at this point, HHS is saying, uh, you know, they're going to go on based on science and evidence, which I think there's plenty mm-hmm. of it available that for you make the case for ma- marijuana having a medical purpose, at least at the end of the road, it's the DEA, which I don't know why, if you're looking for science and evidence, you'd ever look to the DEA because they it's don't. It's a DEA. That's yeah. spooky. Yeah. That's not their, that's not, doesn't seem to be their jam. So I guess like, you know, as, as a, a, a fellow, um, uh, weed smoker already um what are you what are your thoughts at least on the on the scheduling of this and i think even just if nothing else what it means to kind of see that like uh even if it's not in a practical way which i think it certainly will be what does it just mean to see that at the federal level i mean i think the whole thing is so kooky the other day i got okay so the other day i've been having allergies like a month ago i had allergies and i got the like zyrtec d which like you have to like go to the pharmacy counter and asked for that. And I felt like I got like a bigger high from that than like most of my marijuana moments. Sure, sure. So there's like, a, there's just like a part of me where I'm like, the minutia of all of this gets like really confusing to me too. You know, I only know about this honestly, because this is humiliating, but I went to undergrad in Boston. And every year at the beginning of the like fall semester in the commons, they had hemp fest. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. And so like, God, like, how humiliating. And so I went with, like, some person I had a crush on. Horrifying to be 18. (laughs) (laughs) To go with your crush to the hemp hemp fest. fest. Oh, perfect. Yes. (laughs) Romance is in the air. Humiliating. And someone, like, handed out a pamphlet, like, explaining all of this. Sure. But even now, when you just re-explain it, I'm like, it's just so much, like, minutiae to, like, jump through. That's just kind of, like... uh, 
I don't know, like it gets mad confusing, but I'm also like, there are things out there that get me higher than marijuana. Like I took two Zyrtec D's and I was like, whoa, like (laughs) hay fever, dude. (laughs) And I feel like, you know what? That is what we need at the federal. Like we need like, Artie, you need to get in there and be like, here's the deal. Here's how we're going to, here's how the controlled substance going to work. We're going to do the schedules, but we're going to say, I'm going to take all these drugs and whatever they do to me, that's basically like, I'm more fucked up on the Zyrtec than I am on the weed. That means on this scale. It has to be more individualistic. It's weird to see. I mean, but this is like, you know, large government and shit like that, that like you can't just classify this stuff in such a larger sense because everybody's body reacts to it differently. Like I can smoke weed and like go to like a nine hour job. Like I used to do that all the time. I was like, you know, a shift leader at a bookstore and would do like new release Tuesdays and like count and shelve and redo the entire store on weed but i don't think i would be able to do that on my zyrtec d because it gave me like so much adhd like it had me like on such a hype so like yep yep yeah it's it's so individualized you're absolutely right which is which kind of just points to the like hypocrisy and the absurdity of even trying to at at a federal level with 350 million people in a country to beg this is this is the drug policy this is how this this should work because yeah you're absolutely right i mean on a lot of these drugs you know and and people sometimes don't as someone who who uh, was not uh, really able, at least at the time of my life, I was using a lot of of heroin. Mm-hmm. Is like I, I went I went uh, right to the bottom of the rabbit hole with that. But you know, I know people who can casually use opioids and and a lot of drugs that that maybe might be addictive for some people based on their you know personal uh, history, their, their whether it's trauma or whether it's their material conditions, whatever mm-hmm. it is, that get, getting people that uh, you know to to use drugs kind of chaotically and, and, and harmfully for themselves. It's like other people might not have that same thing. So some of my closest friends don't smoke weed at all. Like one of my best friends never smokes weed, has never done shrooms, like nothing that like I will be able to take on the regular. Right. Because like her anxiety and the way she operates with it is like, I'm in a black hole. And I'm like, well, it's all about like not taking the 50 milligram edible. Like maybe just yeah, taking like yes. a puff or two and like lightly cruising, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hell yeah. No, I, I feel you on that. Uh, and then, yeah. Meanwhile, there's oh, people over there probably listening to this, to this program right now. They're like, Hey man, I just take two Zyrtex. I take two texts and chill, man. Exactly. I don't know what, yeah. I don't know what Artie's <laughs> talking about. Those texts get me in a nice Zyrtec was crazy. That's Zyr- like, I can't, I remember in college people were like, heavy into taking Adderall and I have, friend, I have friends who still do a lot of Adderall too and like for me like I was shitting my pants like that was like <laughs> the number one thing like I felt like I was shitting my pants like zooted, that was like yeah. this just zooted and it was like rolling through me versus like I have friends who like have to take that on the regular so I do think that it's it's just weird that like it's so I don't know and yeah. then when you get into state level shit it's like then do these do these schedules even matter at the state level? No, that's what's so silly is like we've, we've now seen just with with, you know, legalization full on, uh, you know, not just decriminalization, but legalization. And as far as marijuana specifically, it's such mm-hmm. a state by state that, that like the the uh, the range of of criminal penalties, uh, you know, is just is really uh, wild to see. So it's like kind of like the dominoes falling as far as state by state. But, yeah, at a federal level, it's like that, that's that's the kind of thing where I think it's just more representative of like you just like to see it to just finally be like let's can we at least start with with getting marijuana like this is the most glaring thing because if you look at like these these drugs uh here too it's like just just for for some examples on these schedules Mm -hmm. uh is there's we've got schedule one has um like i said current currently no accepted medical uh use 
which uh, again is just silly, uh, but uh, a high potential for abuse. We got cannabis, uh, heroin, LSD, ecstasy, quaaludes, which quaaludes those have, those have gone out of fashion. Damn. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, you know what? I had a coworker once come in and tell me that he watched a movie that reminded him of me, and it was Girl Interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, great performances in that film. I was uh, like, <laughs> dynamite uh, female cast there, but I don't know. I don't know if I would take that. Yeah, I don't know how I would take that. Quaaludes. Okay, what else is on the so list? So we got lewds, and then we've got uh, we've got peyote on there as well. Which peyote? What's wow. interesting about that is, yeah, ceremonially. Like peyote has some, but I guess not. That's what's interesting is I guess like, yeah, it doesn't. So, so that is strange uh, to see uh, cannabis kind of, again, if we're just going off the test of like, how fucked up do I get off of it? Yeah. Um, you know, that seems to be a, uh, I took some old lewds. I was a, a, a person I was dating. Her uncle had some in the old sock drawer from the 70s. Oh you know, and you never know how, how long those pills, like do they get a little weaker throughout the years? Yeah. But I got fucked up. I mean, I had like, a beer and a half with some of these old lewds and I was, I could not get up. I melted into the chair. Yeah. That stuff. I mean, to have like quaaludes on that same list is crazy. I mean, like I'm wondering when these lists originated because peyote also seems like it's something that's in my understanding, maybe not necessarily. And maybe I'm misspeaking, but I thought it was ritualistic also for indigenous people. Absolutely. Yes. That's why it's so kind like, of curious to see that as yeah, having no medical use, but yeah, a spiritual use is, is potentially crossing over onto which i would imagine there's a there's a maybe a potentially a, a carving out for that within this uh i'm of the camp that like marijuana psychedelics peyote like when uh like a government like the u.s is outlawing them or placing laws like assigning to them it's literally they just saw like indigenous folks like using these medicinally using these ritualistically uh using these in like moments of joy and they're just like trying to quite literally as they did with the land, like rob them of that. Yes. So like, yes. I really feel like that. Like Quaaludes, fine. Like people shouldn't be like, I guess I, but like with like that other shit, especially again, like, I don't know. I, sometimes I make fun of like the men that I hate. I'm like slightly really similar to like, I am kind of like herbs from the ground, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, you're, you're back at hemp fest. I get it. I'm I get back it. at hemp fest. It I'm, all like, comes back to Zeppelin hemp fest. shirt. I'm like singing immigrant song by Led Zeppelin, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel you. I feel you on that. I think, I think that's, that's also an interesting thing to point out, which, you know, I get into the, like, what's of the natural world. What's it still human beings still in a laboratory doing something is still technically the natural, you know, it's still natural, but just, let's just say what comes from the earth is we've got the fact that cannabis and, and peyote are both on there is like, is a very strange in the company of ecstasy, which like if we're just even going like not even just pure MDMA, I mean we all know how mm -hmm. how much of a crapshoot you get just a, an X pill crush up with whatever the hell's uh, cut in there, and LSD being highly synthetic uh, quaaludes as well. So it's, it's weird to see. I mean heroin coming from the poppy, but there still needs to yeah. be some synthesis there. But I mean you could just you know as far as cannabis, pull it and dry it, and the same thing with peyote buttons as they come off of the peyote cactus, the, the mescaline there. It's like. That just feels is, like something you're is right. Mushrooms is mushrooms. Yeah, psilocybin on are natural. Yeah, those are those are natural. Yeah. But no, they're not. What's? Oh yes, no, they are. They are on here. You're right. Okay, I didn't yeah. put them on the same. But yes, psilocybin mushrooms are also Schedule One. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's the kind of shit where you're like, exactly the 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 indigenous people for for many many years before this little uh, shit uh, game of monopoly that's been set up <laughs> in the last couple hundred years that we've been playing in, in the U.S. long before that and long after. There, there, mm -hmm. There's this uh, connection with that level of of these uh you know 
and, and that just seems like something that I, I think you're right. I think they hate that. I think the idea of like it breaks through all of their binaries, it breaks through all of everything mm-hmm. to kind of open up the mind and, and realize what actually is important and what all these this this consumerist material bullshit is nothing. Like I think yeah. that, that being a threat to that, I think is absolutely still. Uh, whether it's like, yeah, I think that's still in the, uh, the nature of, of, of making them, you know, criminalizing them. Uh, so that's just a silly, so like we drop down to schedule two as well. And you look at like, just even thinking again, based on how fucked up does it get you? And also how much damage has it done? Mm-hmm. You look at these schedule two drugs, you talk about like big pharma. So this is my, another reason why they don't want cannabis off of the schedule. One is we've got Vicodin, cocaine, methamphetamine, Oxycontin, Adderall, fentanyl. Those are all schedule two. So that's like now we're into the pharmacist, you know, now we're into big pharma here territory where it's like, yeah, they don't want they'd. I mean, you just see even just yeah. economically where, where there might be decisions to be like, let's leave this on the on a schedule above Oxycontin after after we've just seen the, the rampage there where it's like how, how, you know, when you push those. So those drugs are actually being actively pushed to people on schedule two through doctors and and. You know, at one point, advert just straight up advertising with with Purdue Pharma and OxyContin. It's like this is out there. Adderall is very heavily prescribed. And yeah, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. always of the mind like give people the drugs they want, decisions that make, but they're medical. Like all, all of this is just silly to me to begin with. But if we're going to talk about it, and you're going to put it in these like actual boxes where we have to look at and judge it, I'm like, well then let's let's talk about how how silly that seems that all of these heavy pharmaceuticals are on schedule two and we still got cannabis sitting at, at schedule one. Well, schedule one, it seems like when they're reviewing it too, they're like, oh, there's like money to be made here. So let's review it. Yeah. Yes. So like, it's just sinister. It's just kind of like, well, my dealer deserves some money without being a part of the system. Like he's a nice guy. He takes his shoes off, keeps his mask on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, your friendly neighborhood dealer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, come on. Yeah, I think so. He doesn't have the lobbying group. He doesn't have the lobbyists at the table. That's the problem. Uh, mm-hmm. On a level, I mean, now that we're starting to see some of the, the the dispensaries and stuff like getting into the into the game, but it's like with with lobbying. But it is it, it at the state level at least. It's just interesting to see this uh, when you lay it out like this, and it's just so silly that we're still having these. Com- like sometimes I just get a little bit discouraged of how far away we still are. Like it seems like at any moment, like the pendulum could swing, is what I always try to tell myself. But then you're looking at it like we're still ha- like you're not a serious organization. You're we're not adults here. If you're going to sit here and be like, yeah. oh, cannabis is still because in 2001, the last time that there was a, a, a legitimate petition to reschedule marijuana, it did get through. Uh, uh, I think congressional channels and it did get through the FDA and then the DEA did at the end of the line here, the DEA just flat out was like, nah, we're not listening to it because to, to pretend, pretend like there's still science, like the jury's still out on weed. It's like, no, they're, they're using it like chronically and heavily like every day. Of course, not great. Yeah. Adolescence, like coming up when your brain's still developing stuff. Sure. Yeah. There's, you know, you don't want to go too far the other way, you know, I'm not living at Hempfest 24 seven to just <laughs> not acknowledge some of the realities of like, yeah, you put any kind of, uh, uh, you know, chemicals into your, into your body. There's, there's going to be uh, side effects and potential things like that, but realistically for how uh, well, that's, it's with been it's, that's with anything it's like if i eat fruit loops every day like i'm gonna get diabetes or some shit like it's yeah, just that's like just a reality i mean fruit loops are like- you know they're delicious <laughs> but yeah you can't all day every day it's it's a, <laughs> it's a little I mean, for, actually there. fruit loops are a schedule too it looks like on here. i didn't even notice <laughs> i i managed to glance past the fruit loops on schedule too uh it, yeah it, it seems like uh, so in 2001 the da blocked it at the end of the road and they said 
that it, uh, they kind of sidestep. So I'm interested to just see again if this goes through the motions and then it just ends up being the DEA once again, just being like, yep, we're not going to do it. It says uh, the DEA was quoted as saying like uh, a drug does uh, uh, a drug does not necessarily have to have the same high potential for abuse as heroin to merit placement. When it comes to a drug that's currently listed, it is undisputed that such drug has currently no accepted medical use and treatment in the United States. So again, we've already just seen that that's just not like we've seen that that is that it, it does have that there's there are there isn't yeah. a doctor worth a damn now that would say there's no medical use whatsoever for cannabis. Uh, yeah, I mean, so. it's just one of those things where I feel like it's the lowest level, like most people I know smoke weed or have smoked weed. Um, and I do think that it's like a way to incarcerate like the lower class because so it feels go, like yeah. the most it is like a pretty accessible drug. Yes. Um, and so yes. like, you know, like I have friends of all classes, right, that like have either like really used to fuck with marijuana heavy or like do right now. Right. So it, it is very interesting to be like it's the to me when I see it on at least on a state level, I know this is like not on a state level, but on a state level, it's like the easiest way to incarcerate a lower class person. You already absolutely 100%. And you, you really realize people uh, when, you, when you have this conversation, a lot of people will say to me, and, it, and this is people uh, upper crust folks, particularly uh, white upper crust <laughs> folks who generally are just like, yeah, but weed, like I know it's still legal, but are they really still? And I'm like, oh, no, no, they're still locking up no, they are. poor people for, for weed in, in a lot of states uh, and, and particularly black and brown poor people for sure. Uh, and so that's and it's like folks who don't have the education that even know, like sometimes like I've heard of folks being like arrested for even carrying the legal amount because it you're not going to have that top of knowledge. You're like, I don't even off the top of my dome. I don't know what the legal amount of holding. Is. So like, I sure. wouldn't know either. Right. So like it is. And just now like once a you're, once to, you're like, in cuffs and once you're in cuffs and you're getting processed and you're sitting in a county jail, like. Good luck with all these uh, hypothetical, theoretical, which again feels like uh, a well-to-do white folks argument constantly is this idea of like, well, now everyone's a, a lawyer. And it's like, but the law says, and I'm like, bro, have you ever been arrested? Because guess what? The law means nothing when you get fucking arrested. It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Uh, and especially to get caught up in something where now you got to, it's like, yeah, man, your whole fucking life is thrown into into uh, into turmoil when, you're, when, when that kind of shit happens. And, and I'm a bad test taker. Fast. So even if, and like, I'm a bad test taker. Like, even if I know the information right now in cognizance, like, like the only time I've gotten pulled over while driving, I got so nervous I pulled into the center of the road. Like I just like don't, I don't Love have good like panic move. instincts. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, I, well, sorry, and I pulled into the median, and they were like, "You have to be on the shoulder." Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, no, I mean it's true, man. It's a it's a stretch. You're in a situation where fucking you know an armed occupying force is is now basically you know making a decision on your on your livelihood it's like you know it's a stressful it's a very stressful situation and they'll always use it to justify further so it's like any probable cause or just the smell of of marijuana has been too it's been too easy uh, for for cops for too long to to just be like oh that was a thing that you know was very subjective can never be proven or disproven that you like maybe smell yeah. it's just it's a great way to just to shake people down it's a it's a great way to have Definitely. so once that goes out the out the window it's like that now you have to start actually uh, you know, people need to be uh, the suspicion stuff. It goes out the window. It's like, yeah, now you got to really. Uh, it takes away a, a tool of theirs that they've used for for to to oppress uh, for a long time. So I'm like, yeah, I think that even again, just what it means to see marijuana removed. I think there's like there is a power play still at at, at you know a dynamic there at play. So I'm I, that that's definitely. 
That's why I feel like at the end of the line, the fact that they even leave this up to the DEA is just a, <laughs> such a silly. Oh man, it's, it seems like a hurdle that will will never really get over. But we will um, we'll see. We'll hope uh, that, that we'll <laughs> slowly as this. Stay tuned. Uh, is was the um, this year was was the quote from the head of HHS. Uh, we'll so, see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll um, see, buddy. But yeah, we'll see, bud, because we'll, we will keep an eye on it here. We're not letting you off the hook that easily. Uh, I'm going to sit here with a fucking bowl of Fruit Loops and a, and a, and a fat spliff, and I'm going to wait for Hemp Fest 2024. It's going to be all descheduled, baby. Oh, horrifying memories. Oh, God. Um, that's so funny because the people, the policy wonks like at the the hemp fest and like the you know it's just funny to see those like the 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 crossover between like your you know your people who are just like into the buds man and like into all the this strain and this that it's like the white widow's doing this and then there's someone who's just like well did you know that on the uh the controlled substance act of 1972 there's still a schedule people like yeah man i'm all for it but you you do the paperwork you handle the paperwork on that one no literally that was the vibe and like there was like so many kids there and like there'd be like some wonky musician on stage being like repeat after me legalize <laughs> like everyone's like yeah man and i was like only one lonely guy is being like will you sign this petition like, <laughs> yeah he's like uh, we we're all having fun remember when we were all like legalize it well you know turns out that's going to take a little bit of of follow up and i've got you know i've got some some papers here i need you to look yeah no it is funny it, it takes all kinds god bless the uh the, the bless those those uh cannabis uh, inspired bookworms that are out there <laughs> getting the paperwork signing the papers making sure they get in so a lot of hard work over the years a lot of great organizations that have done uh specifically trying to get you know uh, decarcerate people because mm-hmm. like we said at the state level there's just so many people sitting in uh sitting in jails uh in state prison still for for marijuana offenses that like a lot of great organizations out there trying to do that grunt work. So bless them. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll be at Hempfest having a good time. Uh, well, uh, Artie, we're going to uh, we're going to get into another uh, uh, segment here where, um, you know, it's uh, as a child of the 80s and, and, and you know early 90s. I feel like that was the heyday of the mm-hmm. which is another big reason why here why it's like seems so hard to get over the over the hump with a lot of these the criminalizing of these drugs is the propaganda that kind of came out in the 80s and 90s these anti-drug Definitely. PSAs there were some remarkable ones over the years uh not just one-offs but full campaigns that were launched that I feel like just did so much damage to to a whole generation uh cuz there's you know the just the, the narrative that was pushed then uh and I and I always you know thought of these when I heard PSA PSA I always thought uh growing up that it was uh, propaganda stigma and alf are users so don't use drugs don't use drugs ah! turns out it's actually some sort of public service uh, announcement or, or something like that yeah. so uh Artie, what i want to do here is i want to i, I want to go i went back into the archives here and then i grabbed a, specifically this is a whole campaign that was put together in the in the 80s this is uh this is uh, nancy reagan's just say no era this is the heyday of this and it was a very strange like the, the amount that went into this campaign uh, the, the celebrity campaigns. These ones are always so fun to me when they pulled the celebrities, trotted them out to, uh, you know, to give us the messaging, tell the kids how, how, how harmful it is. Crack specifically crack cocaine was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they were mm-hmm. big on that one. Um, again, for reasons of race and class, for sure. 
uh, and also just like, you know, the, the, the fear mongering was like, people are like, oh man, you take like one puff of crack and your, your genitals explode or whatever the, you know, <laughs> the, 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 whatever the, uh, the scare tactics were. So they got some celebrities on board specifically. What was fun about this one is it was on the big screen. It was on a cinematic level before, before Hollywood features, they got like the MPAA and, and the Hollywood oh, shit, types. Like on a movie theater. On the big screen, they were playing these wow. before movies. So yeah, you go to see. I mean, I'm thinking of the 80s, wherever you go to see the Goonies, or you go to see, yeah. uh, you know, uh, movies in the 80s. Uh, and and uh, these would play on the on the screen right before the, the film. So they got a lot of Hollywood uh, people involved in this. With uh, with this was Nancy Reagan specifically. This is through her Just Say No campaign. So I'm going to play. I got five of them here. They're they're short little spots, <laughs> and they're 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 all like. Uh, just you'll see from the tone of the first one. We got uh, Clint Eastwood is is our first uh, our oh first God. performer here. So we'll almost do like a little mini uh, Academy Awards here. We'll do like I want you to yeah. watch each one. We'll stop after each one. We'll get your thoughts, and maybe we'll get a vote at the end of of who wins the the fear mongering award uh, for crack cocaine here. Uh, so this is oh, this yeah. is the first one. This is the, the thrill can kill was the name of this uh, this this little <laughs> campaign. Uh, and so here's our first one from uh, Clint Eastwood. See this cute little vial here? It's crack, rock cocaine, the most addictive form. You think it's the glamour drug of the 80s? Well, that's the point of this friendly little reminder. It can kill you. And if you've got to die for something, this sure as hell ain't it. Oh my God. No. No. Don't even try it. Uh A thrill can kill. Just on a messaging oh level, was, I just want to say real quick: the thrill can kill. It's like that's what makes it thrilling. I mean, I'm, let's uh, divorce this from drugs. Come on, or that's why people, just in life. That's just like it's why people buy motorcycles and go like yes, skydiving. Yes, like <laughs> there's no thrill. I mean, it's you're not getting. It's why people no went ride. in a submarine. No, yes, right. It's yeah, people yeah, went in a submersible. To see the Titanic. Like, come on. Yes, of course, the thrill can kill. That's what makes it thrilling. There's no such thing as like, oh, it was it was just a real like middle of the road. You know, the blood didn't get pumping at all. Well, then, yeah, there was no there was no chance of you uh, dying there. But that's just an aside. But as far as the performance there, the messaging, Artie, what did you think about Clint Eastwood's uh, performance? He looked weird. No, he looked very tan. He looked very like Warhol hair. Yes, Um, he did have some Andy Warhol vibes in that. Yes. Yeah, that was very weird. But I also I'll say this. He could have been more dramatic. Yeah. You know what? For, for, for the like, y- you think about the Dirty Harry, of course, it's getting into like, oh, that's a hell of a thing. The grizzled like down the barrel there. I agree. I think I think it was I think there was a, a he, he's done better, I will say, uh, it, previously with this. He should one. have been like on a motorcycle. He should have had like a gun. Like there should have been something thrilling about the whole thing. You're just sitting in the room. What thrill is happening? Some warehouse where like a spotlight comes on. Like that was, yeah, for the listeners there, there's a, it's like a, a dark warehouse, whatever, he's sitting in a chair and these, these spot, dramatic spots come on. But yeah, no, there's no, there's no, the stakes are almost nothing. And he's sitting there with a little vial. There's no stakes at all. No. Just ha- holding a vial? Like what's yeah. happening? Also, the not most dramatic ad- enough. No, not dramatic uh, enough at all. Um, I don't buy it. And again, you're at the fucking big, this on the big screen. Now we're watching. Think about that. I'm like the fully immersive. It's it's like it just didn't quite bring the thunder for the big screen. This feels more like a like a small screen affair to me. Well, what it should have been was he should have staged it like a Western. There should have been a shootout. And then he Ooh. holds the vial up and then he should have been like, 
this is the thrill that can yes. actually kill. <laughs> yes. And then like a smash zoom, like on his eyes, like, yeah, we're getting into the, yeah, the Sergio Leone territory there. Yeah, no, that would have been, that's something. That's where we know Clint Eastwood. Uh, that yeah, would have been theater. This is just like fucking pop pop sitting in a chair being like, hey, this is addictive. It'll kill you. It's like, ah, the thrill. All right. Grandpa. Yeah. It's Good old night. man yelling at a cloud energy. Big time. It's get off my lawn energy, but even without the full gravitas of get off my lawn. Exactly. Um, well, so next uh, next up, we have uh, a member of the the Breakfast Club here. You know, in the eighties, oh, great team. We got Ali Sheedy coming up next. Uh, well, to bring. Oh yeah, yeah. So you know, there's there's a little something for everybody here uh, in terms of who they were trying to appeal to. Because Clint Eastwood is also again, you could dismiss him as grandpa. But here's this is the eighties now. Ali Sheedy, this is one of your peers. Uh, you know, talking to you about crack cocaine. The same setup. Oh, yeah. Same soundstage. This is, no, this is all the same. A lot of drug abuse messages are full of statistics. How many people die? How many lives are ruined? How much drug use is costing the economy? But this message isn't about numbers. It's about crack. And the message is simple. Crack can kill you. I won't bore you with the statistics, except to say that it's not worth becoming one for a 10-minute high. You know, no. they need to use a bigger thunder at the end, at least then. Yes. Like, do something that'll, like, scare the kids. Strike the fear into, into the, yeah, you want to feel that, 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 that clap, that thunder clap in the loins. I don't, I'm not even, I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm already checked out by the end of that. Another thing that's funny, too, is you, I know, Alia, you don't want to bore us with the statistics. I get that. But at the same time, I think the statistics are important to at least say, uh, to say how many people it kills, how many people, you know, die from how many people don't is also an important thing to, to, to kind of tailor the messaging to like, what is the real threat here? Which once again, a lot of people trying cocaine and crack, smoking crack. Like I know plenty of people who smoked crack who, who did not uh, become addicted to crack either. You know, it's like mm-hmm. there, there's most people won't is the other reality of this. And that's of course not to downplay or diminish to someone who, who absolutely was not in that camp. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I went right off the rails, but you know, I had my own shit that I was bringing to it as everyone does. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I'm like that feels funny to me too where you just dismiss like well i won't bore it's not about like statistics it's not about how what the actual threat here is it's we're telling you this is yeah. the most threatening thing in the world uh and that it's it's coming for you and that the, even one one t- trying at one time could kill you all this stuff uh is is just it's funny and she's like it could ruin the economy i think was said in there too and i'm like well whose economy yeah, it's actually yeah, great yeah. for the who's economy? there's a whole there's also like the the economy created crack. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. That's right. This is yes. This is a product. Yeah, this is this is this is this is from exactly. No, this is not uh and it continue the fact that it continues to exist. There's so many little cottage industries that have popped up that have benefited from this, including you know the, the prison industrial complex, the fucking uh uh the war machine, all of these things have just been have been justified through 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 this. So I'm like no, the economy's doing. Their economy's doing fine uh, uh, with this. So that's a funny one to bring in there. But you know, Allie, it's like it's, you know, again trying to bring the 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 very the intensity that I just I don't know. How did you feel better than Eastwood? Were you um, with her you a little what? bit more? I felt a little bit more with her because she was like of the age that the target demographic was. But I also am kind of like I don't know. Like it just. It's not doing it. The spotlight thing is not doing it for me. I'm not no, scared. No, and that's the whole theme. I mean, these are these are all these spots. They just I, I picture like a like a like an assembly line 
uh, scenario where they just got all these celebrities in a, in a little pen in some warehouse. You know, they're in their trailers like, all right, we're coming and we're doing this in one day. We're shooting all of these. Let's trot everybody in. So this was the this was the dramatic choice that was made was like this this spotlight popping on in a warehouse somewhere, which, again, just also feels like if we're in like kind of a of a, of a dark uh, warehouse and it's like there's a little bit of maybe, uh, you know, smoke uh, around and there's a spotlight and someone's like, hey, look at this like little vial. I'm like, I'm ready to buy this crack from these people. Like, I don't I don't know. It like, feels very high end. Yes. Yeah. It's, Have you it, ever read the read or seen the play um, Our Town? No, no. So I, I, in middle school, we did this play, Our Town, and then the lead is Emily, and Emily comes, like, the last scene is, like, Emily at her grave, um, like, watching her husband grieve her, and she has this, like, final dramatic monologue. And so I'm, like, 13 doing this monologue that's, oh, like, very serious. Yeah, so oh, I'm, yeah. like, I recently, like, watched the recording of me doing it, and, like, a while ago but it's like that's what it seems like like a 13 year old trying to like melodrama almost you're right you're right there's yeah there's like exactly it does it does feel a little bit like that melodramatic level of like i'm gonna take a moment here to tell Mm -hmm. you about and you're like all right all right this is a little silly this has got reached the level of like whatever you're intending it to do i would love to hear that see that uh (laughs) too already someday we could go to we could go to the go to the footage on that one uh yeah um well, you know, I mean, this also, this copy, you know, is, is also just a little bit, leaves a little bit to be desired. To be fair to the actors as well, the, 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 the writers, you know, didn't, didn't quite like, it's like, hey, look, there's some shit, there's, we could be talking about these numbers, but let's not, I'm just going to tell you, it can kill you. Just trust me. Yeah. Trust me as, as a member yeah. of the Breakfast Club. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so next we have uh, up, we have um, uh, Olivia Newton-John. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Who, who, uh, who. Brings a certain, a little bit of a different dynamic to it. I'd like to see what you think. We're still under spot. We're still in the warehouse. This is a vial of crack. Rock cocaine. Rock cocaine. As you may have noticed, it doesn't come with a warning label. If it did, it might tell you that smoking crack affects the brain, the nervous system, the lungs and the heart. It would also say that crack can kill you. The problem is, no one knows exactly how much it takes to do it. So every time huh. you try it, it's a guessing game. Well, that's not how that wrong works. With this stuff, yeah. Goodbye. Interesting. Um, so... Uh, I don't know. The British accent numbs it for me a little bit. It just sounds a little goofy. A little, a little goofy, it does. A little... Uh, there's something almost uh, like clinical but not in a way clinical in a way that i don't even uh, give the credibility of like the you know the the of that because it's kind of it's like no one even knows how much I'm like no people also like using crack like any is anyone who uses substance like it might the whole idea is like you're the one who's making this illegal the reason there's no warning label the reason that that, that there's no dosage information the reason all that is because yeah. you are you you have criminalized it and put it in the shadows uh, mm-hmm. so, so that's, that's on you. Like, I, I don't know what else this idea. And of they like, have the information. Scientists have the information. Yes. Like, yes. If you know, so, it's pure. Yes. You know, the purity, you know, the dose. If, if you actually were sitting there, yes. In a setting that you would maybe say, what is a serving of this? What is a, just like, you know, you go and you, you get your, 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 your text, your, your, your Zyrtex. You know what I mean? They might get you suited, but you know what? You're like, all right, I'm going to take two of these. Yep. There's this it's much like milligram. It is what it is. Like, and here, you know, you know how you react mm-hmm. to two of them. 
Maybe you're like, oh, one day, I'm not saying you would ever get this wild, but one day you take three, maybe one day you only want to take one. It's, you know, you start to get a sense of what the hell it is, what is my tolerance, what, all of that is something, but you're left as a drug user, you know, you're left of, of, of illicit drugs. You're left to kind of your own devices to figure it out on your own. So this idea of like, well, we're going to put you in a, in, a, in a shit situation where you're in the dark here. Like that's again, that's on you. So I'm like, just I don't know, maybe yeah, the later. government's creating the guessing game. Yes, yes, they're making it yeah. more dangerous. And I will which, say this: Have you have you read this theory about Greece? How no. uh, Olivia Newton-John's character was dead the whole time? <laughs> what? The thrill could yeah. kill, and it did kill in this instance. Yeah. Wait, what is this? Because theory? at the beginning, so the beginning. Also, I've. I've gone into this conversation when stoned so many times and nobody ever cares about this. But the whole thing is that at the beginning, when she is drowning and then John Travolta's character saves her, and then at the end, they're like in a car and all of a sudden it starts like flying off into the air. So the whole theory is that this is like her fever dream. The whole movie is her fever dream as she's like drowning and dying. I mean, that would explain some of the camp. Yes. (laughs) Like the over the top nature of, of these, it never felt. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. No, I, uh, well, I also have not seen this, this, this film for, <laughs> for many, many, many years. Uh, I, I will gotta, also say, you gotta rewatch to, it. I do have to rewatch because to fully cop to this, I once had a conversation with someone, uh, when that Grease live, when they were doing those live, uh, you know, uh, on, on TV or whatever they did, like Peter Pan live and different musicals or whatever they did. the Oh Grease yeah. Live. Yeah. And I, I realized as I was getting into it with someone who was very familiar with Greece that I, I, I was mistaking Greece two for, for Greece one. So just to fully oh admit where I'm at as yeah. a Greece head, uh, I'm not fully, uh, I need to go back and take a look, but, uh, I love the, like where, where they die and then you kind of get the, the perspective that that's, at least it makes writing the musical more fun. I would like to think the writers at one point are like, how do I, how do I give myself a little something extra, a little, just a little. You know, something for me to enjoy uh, here. Um, exactly. Well, she's been dead the whole time. She's been, which including the 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 the, the taping of this this uh, little PSA here. She was also a, exactly. a bit of a, of a ghostly presence. Uh, so next up, we have one of my one of my favorites here, and I'm not going to play favorites. You know, we'll, I'll leave it to the to the Academy uh, already <laughs> to to make the, the final call here. But I just I just want to at least campaign a little bit for this next this next fella because. This is just a special. This speaks to the 80s, too, because we've seen people, you know, out of character. We've seen people based. Oh, these are actors. These are celebrities. So we know from Greece, from from the, the Breakfast Club movies, from from, uh, you know, Clint Eastwood. And you're like, well, who 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 is a fun one to really speak? We need to speak to the youngest of, of all people. Get them while they're young. Uh, and this is uh, this is my man, Pee Wee Herman. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> in costume, in character. <laughs> this is crack no. uh-huh. rock cocaine oh yeah it isn't glamorous or cool <laughs> or kid stuff it's the most addictive kind of cocaine and it can kill you what's really bad is nobody knows how much it takes again with so this. every time you use it you risk dying it isn't worth it look everybody wants to be cool but doing it with crack isn't just wrong could be dead wrong. I just want him at the end to be like, ah! Yeah, like, literally what? Uh-huh, yeah. That was a, that's a mind fuck. So you figure like, you know, you go to the theater, you know, you're, 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 you're out uh, in the afternoon, you're like, oh man, great, my, my, 
my my mom's taking me to, to to we got a little McDonald's. We hit up the Happy Meal on the way to go see who framed Roger Rabbit in the theaters. Let's just say, for example, you sit down, the big screen comes up. Hey, it's Pee Wee. What the hell is he talking about? Why is he so sad? Pee Wee seems so sad here. What is going on with Pee Wee? Uh, it's a very disturbing, questionable choice to not have Paul Rubens show up even and be like, yeah, we get it. They're like, no, we we want Pee Wee. We want we want the actual character of, of Pee Wee Herman. Uh, so that, that, that one was unf- one, That one was crazy because also like when he's lifting it, the hand doesn't match his like skin tone on his face. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, they had, they had a stunt hand. They're like, <laughs> Paul Rubens is like, Pee Wee will not handle the rock. He will not actually handle the rocks. They're like, well, they're props. And he was like, no, 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 I'm not. I need a hand to, to pull this up. Uh, oh, yeah. my God. They made him do a monologue in costume. Nobody else was in costume. Right. That's so that's so bizarre. Uh, and uh, now I heard a rumor. I don't know. You know, I'm going to I'm going to just float this rumor out there that, that I've, has not been confirmed at all. But that because I think this is also later that this happened. But you remember Paul Rubens was was busted for for jazzing mm-hmm. off in a in a in a in a place where you would be jazzing off. It was like a, a, an adult, uh, you know. Yeah, it was like th- an adult film, right? Adult film theater. Yes. Like, a, yeah, you know, the places where the, the, the reason those exist. Uh, but anyway, yeah. he got caught up in that. And I imagine it was more like, oh, shit, we got Pee Wee Herman here. So they made a big deal about it. This was allegedly a community service. I heard people say this was a so he had to do this. In some way, because Paul Rubens, also the character of Pee Wee was a little bit more was a groundlings character. Like he's a comedian who kind of came up with a lot of this was a stage. Pee Wee was like a stage. It's a little more adult in the weird kind of way than it was kid. But but it played for kids, certainly as a as a TV show. But it was a little uh, a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, funkiness there than than your average children's show. Uh, So I'm like, Paul Rubens is obviously like this is nonsense, nonsense, I would imagine. But so maybe there's some validity to the fact that he was this was court ordered. I don't know. Um, they should have gotten the guys from Wayne's World to do it. <laughs> yes, Mike Myers and Dana Carvey as Wayne and yeah. Garth. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. That would have been <laughs> sick. I would have loved that. Yes, the, I mean, look, we there's still time. There's still time to dust there off is, those. There's characters. still time. I send a strongly worded email. <laughs> <laughs> we need to see Wayne and Garth be like. Nobody knows how much it takes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Way. No Damn, way. that would be so funny. Yeah, yeah, that would <sighs> missed be missed opportunity. That, man, um yeah, we 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 could use we could use a reboot of these, I would say. Um we we've got our last one here. Uh tough to top peewee, I will say. Uh but uh but the, you know, this woman's just I mean, look, you know, a legend of of stage and and screen singer dancer triple threat really. Uh this is uh, this is Bette Midler to bring it home. I'm so hot. I'm so cool. I'm so where it's at. I'm it. I'm uh, a genius. Like the, sounds like the vagina yeah. monologues. <laughs> Crack will make you feel like that for exactly 10 minutes. <laughs> then you crash and a craving starts and you need more and more and more exactly to get that feeling back. The problem is crack can kill you and no one knows how much it takes to do you in each time you try it could be your last you see this crack comes in a vial like this is this. not peewee's hand if anyone no. offers you some <laughs> tell them where to shove it please don't even try it because you lose oh no boy oh boy well you know it's interesting uh, that 
that so one of the main narratives that keeps getting pushed here is no one knows. Nobody knows how much it takes. I'm like, no, there, there's a, you absolutely know but the acute toxicity knows. of how much. Yeah, and of course it, it varies. There's varies person to person, body weight, tolerance. There's a lot of things that go into it, but it's like no, there, there is an acute level of the, of every substance. There's a certain amount of water you drink, mm-hmm. and you're, you're you know you're putting yourself into toxicity territory. But it's like so th- this idea that like no one knows, but what we do know is exactly Nobody ten knows. minutes. You smoke it in exactly 10 minutes. You're, That's you're what I'm saying. Air. How do you know that exact number, but you don't know anything else Nothing in detail? Else. Nothing else, Bet. Um, well, Artie, what do you think? Uh, uh, what do you, who are you going with here in terms of the uh, the award for, for most most sensational thrill? Can, the thrill can kill award. This is the thrillies. We'll call it the thrillies. Who wins it, the thrillie? It's tough. It's tough because, as I stated, you know, Bette Midler does have that vagina monologue, spoken word mm-hmm. thing happening. And it kind of sounds like she's like, I don't know, like it sounds like she's like reading it at the New York You know what I'm saying? Yes, just doing yes. just like a like snaps in response to this very dramatic reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. There's something about Pee Wee that just yes. does it in for me. I mean, Pee Wee's in costume, right? Like nobody else is in costume. Commitment. Um, commitment. commitment. Like, is that his real voice? You know what I'm saying? Like he's doing the character's voice. That's right. And a character who rarely had the, the rarely had to bring the emotional resonance. Like he, he mm-hmm. didn't, you know, he, he he's kind of he was he was just like, a, you know, magical figure this like, you know, he lived in his own kind of world. Like even when he was in the the, the real big, you know, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, when we saw him on the mm-hmm. and that it's like he's, he's still he was like kind of this this magical, uh, uh, you know, uh, being that was just out there in the real world. And I'm like, so to see him with just a very somber tone. Yeah, I agree. I think I think somber cadence got, within character, though. And I'll say this right. out of all of them. Pee Wee's the one that I would believe has tried crack. Yes. Yes. And isn't that what, <laughs> at the end of the day, isn't that what you want to just be like, have you fucking smoked? You're going to tell me how to, da- who told you? If you don't know how dangerous this, if you don't know anything exactly. about this, other than what some, what Nancy Reagan just whispered in your ear, you think yeah. she's fucking hitting the pipe? Like who's, who's actually smoked? Anyone in here in this warehouse, this warehouse full of celebrities, anybody smoked this Mm-mm. fucking shit? I've seen Pee Wee's house and that man has done some drugs. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so great. Pee Wee, Pee Wee wins. Uh, and I, I, I do love that we've, we've, we've been able to, uh, to oh, it's awards season here at, at Weekly Dose Podcast. <laughs> um, and Artie, on that, on that uh, uh, note of awards season, uh, I would like our listeners to, to get to know a little bit more about, uh, you're a woman of the arts. So I'd like uh, our, 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 um, our listeners to get to know a little bit more about you. So what do you say we step inside the user studio? We end our podcast session <laughs> with the weekly dose version of the questionnaire that was used masterfully for 24 years by the great James Lipton inside the actor's studio. And the first question is, Artie Gallipudi, what is your favorite drug? Hmm. Well, for like more recreational use, like daily, weekly, more often, I smoke a lot of weed. But, you know, my special occasion drug is I do a lot of mushrooms, like at least once a month. Yes. I like microdose, but then like, you know, if it's like my birthday, I'll kind of just like blow it out of the water. A, a little, little macro dose for the birthday, perhaps. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Uh, and what is your least favorite drug? I would say personally, cocaine does not sit well with me. It's because I'm already like mad hyper and mad chatty that cocaine just makes me the most annoying version of myself. 
Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, well, indeed, I, I have not, I'm not passing judgment. On, I, I've not been with you, and uh, we've not blown lines together for the for the record. So I, I'll take your word for it, though. You know you better than anyone. Uh, what age were you the first time you found yourself under the influence? Hmm. Oh, it was. Uh, I think I was 16, and I was really into the Radiohead album Kid A, and oh. then. My brother's friends were also really into Radiohead, and I like smoked weed with them after, like, when we were like listening to Kid A. Yes, yes, <laughs> Mr. Tom York takes you to a place. God bless. Uh, what uh, uh, what celebrity's overdose death had the most profound effect on you? Oh man, you know what? Honestly, Robin Williams. Yes, Robin Williams. It was when I was first starting to like really write comedy, and I, that one just kind of that one really hit me in a very weird there's always something so tragic about the sad clown i know what uh what is your favorite slang word for cannabis oh my god let's see i've been using uh ganja i've been Ah. texting my friends saying i'm just smoking the ganja ganja. smoking the ganja (laughs) yes yes indeed believe that's our first uh, we're we're almost 30 episodes deeper that's our first ganja i love it wow yes yes I feel like people people don't have the confidence to commit to, to the ganj, I think, is the problem. So I appreciate, I applaud you for that. Uh, what drug would you like to deal for a living? Honestly, I was just talking to my friend that I would love to deal shrooms. I feel like a select few fuck with it. And there are like a select few like versions of it that I feel like I could really have fun dealing. Yes, I, I would I would purchase some some uh, some boomers from, from Artie for sure. Uh, what drug would you absolutely not like to deal under any circumstances? I think like heroin would just get would just become my full time gig if I ended up doing sure. that. Yes, yeah. more, more of a demand the, the the clientele more of a demand for the, uh, demanding clientele for that for sure. Uh, and finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear Robin Williams say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh man. I guess like a like a welcome home, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my, heavenly indeed. Artie, here are your drug users. <laughs> Oh my, what a great version of heaven that was. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Well, Artie, I, uh, I, I think, I think we've, we've done it here. Is there anything else you have to add? Where can listeners find you? Where do you want to direct people to? Um, you can find me online at ARTI Party. Um, I've enjoyed reading your poetry on Instagram. Yeah, I'm currently like working on a book. So I've been like writing a lot, but I'm doing um, like a jazz funny show at Joe's pub on August 8th. Yes. Um, I have real jazz musicians accompanying me as I kind of just make an ass out of myself. It's going to be Hell fun. Yes. That's a fun <laughs> stage. I love that space. That's I'm, 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 uh, I'm glad you're in there mixing it up. That's very fun. Yeah. It makes fun. me miss New York. Um, <laughs> well, Artie, uh, I want to uh, thank you again for joining me here. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. This has been your weekly dose. Hey America, there's no use of sleeping with your children, with your daughters, with your sons, and with your husband. Self-Medicated Weekly Dose is hosted and produced by me, Murph Meyer, with support from Pop Culture Collaborative. Our theme song is My Congressman by 15, courtesy of Jeff Ott and Hopeless Records. Original artwork and production design by Diana Kolsky. 
Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the program, you can listen to new episodes of Weekly Dose every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, subscribe to the Self-Medicated YouTube channel to see new video clips from the show each week. Follow me on Instagram at Murph Meyer. And for some top-shelf harm reduction resources, head over to selfmedicatedpod.com. Also, don't forget, you can call the Weekly Dose podcast anytime to leave me a voicemail message with your thoughts on drugs and the people who use them. Just pick up the phone and dial 443-MK-ULTRA. All right, that's about it for me. I'll see you next week. Love and solidarity. Goodbye.